Hello, I'm Steve. I really want to welcome you to church this morning, particularly if you're new to church. Um, do you know, our desires, values, behaviours are being shaped for better, for worse, every single moment of our lives. We're receiving information. It's affecting our brains. We are being transformed one way or another every single second as we sit here, whether you like it or not. None of us is unaffected by this process. Even when we're sleeping, our brains are doing things, aren't they? Simply by being human and living in this world, we are being shaped. The question is, are we living our lives to be shaped to who we want to be? Or are we letting other people shape us? Or our culture shape us? A few years ago, reading a Christian book, I came across this story of a chap called Bruce Jenner. Bruce decided to live his life differently so that he could achieve the outcome that he wanted. He was a young Olympian, and as he watched the medal ceremony for the decathlon, in the 1972 Olympics in Germany. He had participated that year but did not win the gold medal. When he saw the gold medal awarded to the winning athlete, he experienced a strong physical sensation that caused a burst of confidence that he could be the best in the world. At that moment, he envisioned himself standing on that platform, that victory platform for the 1976 Olympics. He knew that if he could dedicate himself, he would win that gold medal. Jenner's vision of victory changed everything. It caused him to set priorities, make decisions with this goal in his heart. When choices in life would come, he would ask himself, will this choice increase my chance of winning that gold medal in 1976 Olympics? His passion for success caused him to willingly sacrifice and experience pain. But it all pained off in the end as he won that gold medal in 1976 as a decathlon record-breaking performance. The Christian writer went on to say, who do we want to be? Who do I I wonder what is your vision? Then how should we then live? In recent years, I have become deeply aware of my own brokenness. Please forgive me, those of you who have been on the end of that brokenness. Because I'm trying to follow Jesus. And also, I'm... I'm being unhappy about my level of experience of God because I've seen so much more. I know there is so much more of God to be had and to, to experience. And so I've started this journey of trying to live intentionally, just like Bruce Jenner did, to become not a gold medal in decathlon. I could never do that. <laughs> but to become more like Jesus course I've got a long way to go <laughs> but God hasn't finished with me 
And I've been sitting in this sort of message that I'm giving today for, for several years, actually. But it, it won't be a long message, I promise you. <laughs> um, and today we start that series of looking at how can we become like Jesus. My plan to give a few reasons of why, and there are so many, and then a kind of broad outline of how we can become like Jesus. I know for some of you, life is a real struggle. And this might just feel like another thing to be pressing in and trying to do. Another impossible load to put on you. But, but, but hang in there, please. Because God meets us just where we are with his help. We don't deserve it, but he longs to give that help just where we are. You see, the Christian life is not about, you know, up and to the right, to have a successful career, amazing job, a wonderful house, amazing family, everything's going absolutely amazing. You're gifted, intelligent, success as the world sees. The Christian life's not about that. The Christian life is about knowing Jesus and beginning to be someone who loves. And each one of us, whatever our circumstances are, that can be true of us. So, how can we become like Jesus? It's not just a matter of trying harder, you know, I must love that person. Just try harder and it just happens. It's no easy task. And it takes time. I can't just give you the five points that will make you like Jesus. I can't just pray for you and you'll become like Jesus. It takes time. But fortunately for Christians, reflecting on the life of Jesus, Christians down the centuries have outlined some ways that can help us. And today I'm going to give you an overview of that. So let's read together from the Bible book of 2 Peter, where Peter, quite old in his Christian life, writes of the importance of why we need to become like Jesus. And we're going to look at some of the whys rather than a detailed understanding of all the aspects of this passage. It is one of my favourite, so I am trying to be very careful not to keep diving into bits and bobs of it, okay? So let's read together, and I'm going to stop various places as we go through. So, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of God and Saviour Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord just there, right at the beginning, if you're struggling in life, Peter prays with confidence in God's abundant grace and its undeserved help to you where you are in whatever situation you are. His abundant grace and peace. And that's where he starts. We can, do, we can never become like Jesus without God's grace and mercy in our lives. Verse 3, moving on to the next his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him 
who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, that's his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For me, in this passage, there are three big whys. The first is, he has given us the, the ability. It is possible to begin to live a life that has more of the divine nature in us. What is that? Not that we become gods, but that we begin to experience something of God. We believe God is love. Wouldn't it be good to be more full of love? Wouldn't it be good to be more full of peace and joy and hope and have something of that very nature of God going through our whole beings? That's why pressing into God more is worth it. And let's move on. Verse 5. I think there's another slide. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those, but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Again, a second big why is this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Don't we want to be productive and effective? As, we, as these aspects of character that we press into, and there is this increasing sense of pressing into them, there is a productivity about our Christian lives. It, there isn't that productivity and effectiveness if we stand still. Because if we're standing still, we're not looking to God and his grace and his abundance to change us and to, and to mould us. There isn't that dependency on him that he values. He, his grace and his presence and his power and fruitfulness is attracted to a human, humble person that is saying, I'm not there and I need you, God. So that's the second one. So verse 10. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Thirdly, there's that final reward. That rich welcome. You know, perhaps like you've seen these football teams, Bristol Rovers, celebrating the that their, their team comes and all the fans are celebrating that amazingly they scored seven goals to get an automatic uh, promotion. 
You know, there's that welcome, that rich welcome, exuberant of celebration that in, as we come into God's kingdom, there will be as we have followed him. But, um, you know, one of the factors that will affect our role and reward in the next life will be dependent on how much we have become like Jesus. Because character attracts the presence and power of God in our lives. And somehow it will be wrapped up in, in that character that we become. So, okay, we've had three whys. It's possible we can experience more of God's love. We can know that increasing measure of productivity in a sense in this life. I don't mean necessary worldly success. And we can have that reward. There are three amazing things there. But how can we do it? It's so hard. There is a general consensus that there are four keys that shape our lives. Obviously, we can't change without God and these four keys are places where we can become more full of his presence and his love. There are four, that's, well, four keys, there will always be four. Right, the story, we believe, is the first one. The community, the company that we keep will affect us and shape us. The practices we do, or the habits of our lives. And the fourth thing is circumstances, how we respond to circumstances will affect how we are moulded to become more like Jesus. So let's look at the first one. We're going to look at some of these incredibly quickly, so don't get too worried. The story we believe. By that, I mean how we make sense of the world. I love the Alpha series. I'm doing that at the moment. I love the story of Paul Cowley. So I want to just show you that, if we can. Often as we look back, we can see that God can use our mistakes. And goodness, I've made so many of them. God didn't put me in prison. I did. God didn't make me get two divorces. I did. But he's helped me all the way, th all the way through it. You know, dysfunctional parents, alcoholics, thrown out when I was 15 through an argument with my father, uh, moved into a squat with a, with a gang, Got in trouble with the police, ended up with a prison sentence. Came out of there, joined the army at 21. Uh, two marriages, two divorces, almost alcoholic, from being bullied at school to joining the army boxing team and being a bully in a uniform. My mother died. Um, I hadn't seen my mum since I was a kid. She got ill. She had cancer. My mum and dad were both heavy smokers and heavy drinkers. Uh, a long story short, again, she got put into hospital. I had about 10 days with her and she died. She had a massive sort of um, tumor and, uh, and just fell asleep in, in my arm. And that was a catalyst for me really to, um, to start thinking about stuff. And that set me on the journey. And then shortly after that, a friend of mine said, you've got lots of questions. You should probably try an alpha course. You know, 16 years in the army. I've jumped out of airplanes, I've done rifle courses, I've done military, I've done courses on everything. I'll do a course on God. And I remember just sitting there listening to these talks and I thought, do you know what, I'd never heard any of this stuff. It was all completely new to me. And, uh, and I prayed. And my prayer was, 
If you're up there and all this stuff is true and you can make me a better man, you can make me a better character, you know, you could make me hopefully a faithful husband, a good father, someone who people would like, then you know what, let's go for it. And then things started to change. Really weird stuff was going through my head. You know, I thought, I've lived with my girlfriend eight years. Maybe we should get married. We talked about it and we got married. Prayed and got my son back in my life who left when he was three. He's now 36 and living with us. And now I've got a 18 year old daughter who's gorgeous. I mean, if you'd have told me, you know, a few years ago that I would be a vicar in the Church of England, I'd have said, you're completely crazy. It was the furthest thing from my, it wasn't even in my mind. I still have to pinch myself at, at times. So I'm working with people now who really I've been around most of my life. A lot of people I can relate to. I work with the homeless, those affected with mental health issues, those in prison, those coming out of prison through a charity called Care Infects Offenders. And I was presented with a, an MBE for, for me, which I think is really exciting for working with ex-offenders. And to be honored like that is, is extraordinary. And it's what God says, I have a good and perfect plan for your life, plan to prosper you and not to harm you, plan to give you hope and a future. And he says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And, and that for me is what, what keeps me going. <clears throat> I've seen it so many times, but it just seemed appropriate today. He makes this statement that he didn't know the Christian way of life. It was a new thing. He did a course on God and going on Alpha, he heard that new story, the story of Jesus. You know, and to make him a better man. We are perhaps aware of how the story changes people like Paul Cowley and indeed perhaps even our own lives or someone we know, that Jesus can change us and do that when we start to become a Christian. But even if we've been a Christian for a long time, this story can still change us, the story of Jesus. Our passage says this, through these, that's his glory and his goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You see, we can, we can live in the world of self and evil desires and then we could be in this different story, this story of the participating in the divine nature the love and grace and mercy and justice and power and hope and presence of God, doing life with God. Another example in the passages, he says that, um, you know, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you will live a productive life. But those who, whoever does not have them is nearsighted, blind, forgetting they've been cleansed from their past sins. Forgiveness of sins, N.T. Wright says, is sometimes just a, a shorthand for the story of God. It means forgiveness of sins, yes it does, but also so much more. We've been brought back into a living relationship with the living God that we can talk to, that we can walk with, we can go through life together. Isn't it amazing that we can do that in our Christian life? We can do life with God. And what's more than that, he asks us to join with him in being co 
in working with him. Isn't that the greatest adventure possible? To be working with God, to bring about his new creation, to bring about his peace and harmony and love and grace in the world. What an adventure that is. One pastor has put it that the story we live in, the story we live out. One way, but you know, how can we live in this story of Jesus? One way is good teaching that doesn't just give us Bible information, but begins to stir our hearts. It begins to transform us, and we begin to want to follow Jesus. The second thing that can help us is good company. So our second point is community, or the company we keep. Now, 2 Peter wasn't written to an individual. It was, I think, written to churches to probably groups of 15 or 20 who meet in a home and we can't, you know, we really can't do the Christian life on our own and Stuart's going to talk a bit more about that next week but want to, I want to move on to practices, the habits of our life, personal habits shape us, good habits make us better, bad habits make us worse we are shaped by what we do Bruce Jenner didn't get there just by talent or by trying harder but lots of practice 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 and I'm using the word practice because we fail and we need to do it again and again and again in 2001 my family moved to a new house with a much bigger garden and over the years I've watched things grow in the garden they're growing nicely my interest has grown, my passion has grown, as I've watched these things grow. And I spend more and more time in the garden. And if you like, my practice or habit of looking at and beginning to do things in the garden has given me a love for gardening. Good habits are where our loves and longings for things can shape our love for God can grow in good habits. Love is a much more powerful thing to make us change than just thinking. I mean, you can read a book about the importance of healthy eating, can't you? And then not eat healthily. You have to want to, don't you? I mean, last week, Rob Scott Cook talked about the importance of devotion not doing things out of duty, but doing things out of devotion, a love, if you like. But how do we move from this place of duty to devotion? It's not easy sometimes. The answer is not to give up on the good practices, but to practice them and cry out to God that he will give us a fresh heart of love in them. Christians down the centuries have found six different practices that, that have helped shape us to be more like Jesus, where God can change us. We place ourselves where God can change us and make us grow. The Bible Society lists six, and Derek is going to look more at these six things in two weeks' time. Simply, they are the Word, or the Bible, prayer and stillness, social justice whole life i.e. bringing everything in, in our lives is important to God real life that's being authentic in our hearts and motives looking at that 
and sixthly, the spirit life, learning to walk with the Holy Spirit. We tend to focus on one or two because of our upbringing and, and our experience, our personality. But actually engaging in all of them can actually bring a much greater maturity in our lives. I started out very much a Bible word Christian, wanting to understand the scriptures. And I began to realize that I needed to go beyond that, that I needed to meditate on them to begin to change my heart. But what I found is social justice was quite a weak area in the church tradition that I came from. But what I found is engaging in the noise and food bank have not just been amazingly good things to do, but actually... As I serve, they begin to do things which transform, transform my heart away from my, what I want. So that's practice. Practice, you just keep doing it and take time. It will take time. And many of you are already doing these things. So I just want to encourage you to just keep going and going and practicing and practicing. And we can become more like Jesus and know and experience more of our amazing, lovely God who wants to fill our lives with his presence. But circumstance is another thing that can change us. I know many of you are going through hard situations and surviving is difficult. We can't control many of our circumstances. For example, COVID has hit us in recent years. It's rocked our lives. But it's also revealed how our lives were much more about enjoyment and personal fulfillment than being centering our lives in God and our relationship with Him. 1 Peter talks about how... Um, our lives can be shaped. Sorry, 1 Peter talks about our trials, where our faith is being purified like by, with fire, so that it might prove genuine. If you imagine a melting pot, melting metal, as, the, as the, the metal is melted, the impurities are lighter, so they come to the surface, and it's possible to take off those impurities, and so that it's purified. And just so, as we go through struggles and difficulties, our motives and values come to the fore. And we, those can be changed and moulded if we, if we examine them and don't run away from our difficulties and we bring them to Jesus to transform us. So one, James 1 says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials and tribulations because you know that it will make your, you mature and complete. In other words, you become like Jesus. Hands up who love trials and consider them all pure joy, you know. We don't, do we? But um, I do know that the hardest times of my life have been the times of greatest growth and experience of God. I know it's easy to say, but it's not circumstances that affect us. But it's our response to circumstances that affect us. So how does this practically land for you and very much for me today? Bruce Jenner changed his practice as he saw the 1972 Olympics and he changed what he did. Paul Cowley believed a new story that transformed his life into becoming a better person and a person full of love for the broken and prisoner. I want you to know wherever you stand and situation you're in today, 
that you can be more like Jesus. We need to live more intentionally. And our whole series is a bit is about that. I'm not going to be able to tell you all the things you should do or maybe consider putting into your life and so on today. It's very much about the series and coming into it. But if we're more captivated by the love of Jesus and we're in a community of Christians who are spurring us on and we're engaging in some of these practices where we can place ourselves that God will begin to change us and we respond to circumstances crying out to God, we can become more like Jesus over time. I end with one piece, with two pieces again. If you add to your faith goodness and knowledge, etc., and do these things in increasing measure, we will have productive, fruitful lives. And then also there'll be this incredible, rich welcome into heaven, into God's new life, where we will be rewarded for the character of the person that we have become and how we have lived that out in amongst the world. So I end with these final questions for you. Yeah. And I want us to just to reflect on this for a few moments.